All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 190. No fancy intro this week. We talk everything playoffs. We're just going to get to the point. Turn it up. It's the follow-through. Drew, give me that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Mavs and Drew, the <laughs> true loser podcast, formerly known as the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Oh, my God. The true players podcast. I have not had a great day, Drew. I've been dreading this podcast particularly. I'm yeah. glad you put it off a few hours today. <laughs> no, no problem. No I've problem. been up since 3 a.m., I wandered San Clemente at 3.30 in the morning. I walked down to the pier. Yeah. I could not sleep. It's like and a soul-searching walk. I just, I, we're going to get to the soul-searching in a minute. <laughs> um, I was at my favorite brunch spot at 8 a.m. having spritzers on a Wednesday morning. And mid-spritzer, Drew, if you don't know what a spritzer is, it's a little bit of OJ, a little bit of pomegranate, and a big glass of champagne. It's delicious. It is very delicious. Yeah, it's, it's a nice switch up from mimosas, too. If you're is. tired of the orange juice combo. This is a nice switch. We actually call it a manmosa. You the guys, man-mosa. it is a manmosa. Right. If you ordered that at the the place I frequent, they will know what you're talking about. And mid spritzer, I was thinking to myself that this is not normal, Drew. Mm. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Clippers last <laughs> night, okay? <laughs> and I know Drew couldn't wait to talk about this. I know I got a lot of, of course, I got a lot of DMs and people were texting me wanting to talk about last night's game. And I was just realizing that this is not normal, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody that listens to the show knows how passionate I am about the Clippers. I've been with them a very long time, and I am sick and tired of losing, right? So mid-spritzer, I'm thinking to myself how this isn't normal, and I'm talking to a couple coworkers who are going through some things in their life, and then my buddy Nick Ritchie called, FaceTimed me early. Oh, wow. Yeah, if you don't know Nick Ritchie, Google his name. You'll know who he is. And he's the only phone call I picked up because he never FaceTimes me, right? And so he FaceTimed me. And we were talking, obviously he wanted to know about the Clippers. And then he was talking about his relationship with his wife. He's going through some things. And it clicked in my head, Drew. And he said I could bring up his wife, too. I said, is it cool? Can I bring it up? All right. He said, go ahead and bring it up. And it clicked in my head, Drew. Do you know what I have been in? What, what what, What you've been in? Yes. I have been in a toxic relationship for 30 years. (laughs) This is where it's coming from. I have been in a toxic relationship with the Los Angeles Clippers for 30 years. Yeah. And I was watching somebody, one of the Clipper pages did a live last night. And they're like, you know, if you've been a Clipper fan for one or two or maybe even five years, you know that this is a traumatic, a traumatic experience. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, motherfucker. Three and guess decades. What? Sorry, <laughs> Sorry for the, to the sponsors. There might be some F-bombs dropped on here. So I've been in this traumatic relationship with the Clippers and it affects my daily life. It really does, Drew. We all, and we, I don't over exaggerate. Mm-hmm. Like this is a this is a real thing. Um and you know when I start getting psychotic with the Clippers, I start laughing mid-game cuz I know where this game is going. I knew we were going to lose last night. I did. I that's, went in That's hard to hear. I knew we were going to well, I knew by halftime. Which really, is interesting because it was quite a game. It was. it was a close game. It really was, Drew. Um and to Clipper Nation that's listening to this, and to all other fans in the NBA, it takes a really special kind of person to be a true Clipper fan. It does, Drew. Yeah, a little uh, masochistic even. I don't know what that means. Uh, like you enjoy pain. 
That oh maybe that I, well I really don't. That's why I never played football growing up. I don't like to get hurt, but maybe emotionally and mentally I do like yeah. to get hurt. Maybe that maybe that's what it is. It takes a special person to be a Clipper fan, Drew. You have to be patient. You have to be forgiving. You have to have thick skin, and you have to be relentlessly loyal. Now these are qualities that you should have as a human being, and I think I am that kind of human being. But I'm tired of this shit, dude. I'm just having severe deja vu from last year and the torment that I went through last year with the bubble. And we can have all the excuses we want, like we brought up on the last show. Mm -hmm. There are no excuses for this. Now, to everybody that watched the game last night, great game. I thought the first game was a great game. Both games very good, yes. To everybody wanting to point the finger at Paul George, it's not Paul George. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are doing everything that that they could put... Paul George could be shooting better. Yeah. Drew's shaking his head. That's I, fine. I think he could be shooting better. I think he'd be a little bit more assertive. Uh, he was extremely aggressive in game two. I agree. Last night. I agree. What I'm saying is 40 minutes, both Kawhi and Paul George. Um, I thought after game one that we would make these adjustments, right? That was mm. our that was our thing in the bubble. Doc didn't make adjustments. When you see Zubak get cooked six, seven, eight, ten times in a row with that same pick and roll, Luca's looking at our defense like shark meat, bro. He's like chum in the water. Mm. So I th- it's not the Clippers that are blowing this, man. It's Luka being this amazing player that's just carving up our defense. Now, I, I want to say this, Drew, and I'm sorry I haven't let you get in a word in because I know you're going to get in a word here in a second. Yeah, I, I have some stuff, but We it's had okay. six days to prep for this squad. Yeah. Where is Longer the- than that, too, because you were, you were eyeballing them. We were been the eyeballing the them for a month. Exactly. I didn't see any adjustments in game two. It's been blatantly clear that for the past three playoffs, Zubak is a liability. Patrick Beverly in the starting lineup against this team is a liability. I thought that Ty would have addressed this in the first game and saw what was going on, but he didn't. Serge Ibaka played five minutes and 35 seconds last night. Okay, He took one shot, made one shot. Zubak, our starting center, is playing 21 minutes. He takes two shots and have one foul. If you have one foul, Drew, what's that tell you? You're not, you're not trying on defense. You're not playing defense, yeah. right? And he's constantly getting cooked, pulled out. Remember this is what we were talking about, Aiton? Like when you pull Aiton out to that, to that like 16, 17-footer or to the three-point line, he just gets cooked. That's just what it is. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening. What we're seeing is Luka is... An amazing player. None of the shit that he puts up is luck, right? And I noticed at the beginning of the game, Drew, is he's laughing, having a good time. He's not thinking twice about the Clippers, right? So I'm extremely frustrated. And the other thing that frustrates me is Paul George comes out and says, we have no level of concern. Oh, oh, really? There's no level of concern. That's a, that's a quote, too. Hmm. Kawhi came out today and said some things like, we're just going to adjust. We're going to treat this like the regular season. We're going to game three, and we're going to try to win this series. But to say there is no concern really pisses me off. The other thing is, Los Angeles Clippers, stop sending me emails like after we just get our ass roasted <laughs> uh, two games in the row and, and want me to buy playoff gear. Like the rate we're going, <laughs> the playoff gear won't get here until we're out of the playoffs. You know? Yeah. And, 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 our, and our slogan is um, playoffs, our way. Well, what way is our way? Which way are we playing, mm. right? We can have the best game of the season by our all by our superstar Kawhi Leonard, who just tore up the offense last night. But we, if we don't make these defensive adjustments mm. and cut the head off the snake like we tried to do, 
And get get Patrick Beverly out of the game and Zubak. I need Ibaka starting and I need Reggie starting. Let's go with what's going to work for this series. That's how I feel right now, Drew. Let me know how you feel. Well, I, I can appreciate you sticking up for, for Kawhi and Paul George because I do think a lot of fingers are, are being pointed at Paul George. And mostly it was just like that poor shooting start that he had to the first game. Oh, it was I was so nervous. Yeah, that was Backboard bad. and airball. Yeah, that's bad, mm-hmm. right? And so you're like, oh, no. like here, We're in for another repeat of playoff pandemic playoff P right the biggest question in regards to the second game the first game is what it is I I, like the first game in any series it really tends to go to the team that seems to be ready to fucking play the team that's willing to give a hundred percent and I think pretty matter-of-factly across the league outside of like the the Sixers and the Nets series I think everyone who won the game one of the opening round of the first round brought their level of energy and the other team did not bring that. So we don't necessarily need to dissect game ones because they're fucking coin flips. But in game two, when you had some time to adjust, the biggest thing that stands out to me is Kawhi Leonard is widely known and and I think he likes being known as a defensive stopper. The guy who would lock down LeBron. I just don't I don't understand why he isn't guarding Luca a hundred percent of the time. I can tell you why. Tell me why. So if you go back to Kawhi's finals MVP year, right? He was only averaging 16 points a game in that series. San Antonio. San Antonio series. Why? Because he was clamping up everybody else. Now, when your best offensive player has to be your best defensive player, Kevin Durant's going through this issue right now. It expends a lot of energy. And I think we all know with Kawhi, we kind of need him energy-wise. And we put all these pieces around him to help with this, the Mm -hmm. Marcus Morris, which where the hell have you been, Marcus? Best shooter in the NBA for almost the whole season, and you're giving us nothing, all right? He got some good looks at the end of the game yesterday, but when you ask from that from Kawhi, we surround him with Paul George, with with Pat Beverly, with Rajon Rondo, who needs more minutes as well. Um, I think that's asking a lot. Now, Luka scores way less when 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 Kawhi is guarding him, so I understand what you're saying, well, but and you I think do that for 40 minutes. Well, right, so I, I, get, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. I, I totally understand that he's so valuable to you on offense that – it makes sense for you to, to throw him off. But then the, then the second thing is like, all right, then if it's not Kawhi, it should be Paul George. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be Batum. It shouldn't be Beverly. It shouldn't be these other things. And the bottom line of this may be that Luka is just the best player on the court, mm-hmm. which is crazy to think about. But when you watch him, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. Like he, like you said, smiling. Mm-hmm. He's he plays with a lot of joy right now. Like and and that I haven't seen him complain too much to the refs, which is you know normally he's complaining all the goddamn time. Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of jovial right now, which is very surprising. I just think those two guys who who pride themselves on defense have to come together and be like with the coaching staff. Because I get it, right? So, like, the, 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 the immediate answer, it goes, well, if Kawhi guards Luka, they're going to just throw the pick and roll. And then it won't be Kawhi on Luka mm-hmm. again, and it's going to be whoever is guarding the, the pick and roll. I think you have to do some sort of matchup zone. You leave uh, Kawhi and, and Paul George up top. And the big man comes and sets the screen, fine, rotate, switch that. Paul George takes that. And then you just have those two guys constantly hounding. And this is where I think, randomly, Patrick Beverly can have an impact. Let him shut down Hardaway. Give Pat Beverly just carte blanche. Don't let Tim Hardaway Jr. score. Who's playing phenomenal basketball. And that's really, I think that's the biggest thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like we can analyze a lot, but Tim Hardaway is just scorching the ground right now with how hot he is. He is. 
shooting the ball. And that's something that we couldn't have accounted for. Yes, he's had a great season. I think uh, he's impressed much more than Josh Richardson. I think he's definitely deserving of his starting role. And, and if he keeps shooting this way, then, dude, the Mavericks are going to be tough to beat by anybody, regardless of Clippers, Lakers, you know, whoever. Utah, doesn't matter. But yesterday was a game that, that should have felt like a must win. And it didn't necessarily feel that way. And, and maybe I missed this because, I, like I told you before we started, I had to watch this game on my phone. I was watching the Laker game on the TV, had to watch the Clipper game on the phone. I didn't pick up a lot of it, but I went back and watched a lot of the highlights and the summaries and all the things that I could do to kind of get some insight. But I did watch the third and fourth quarter pretty closely. Uh, so defensively, I understand the other thing about defense, right? Good offense usually beats good defense, right? That's just the case, right? You can be the best defender in the world, but Luka still going to hit that step back on anybody. It doesn't matter if you're Rudy Gobert. You're not going to touch that step back. So, and, and also when he does his little stuff in the post, very difficult. He, he knows how to put his weight certain he's ways. He's not quick. He's not quick, but he's methodical, mm -hmm. which is why, I mean, I think Kawhi plays a lot like that, which is why, again, I just think, I think Kawhi, um, I mean, at this point, there's nothing else for you to do. Game three, uh, if they don't treat it like a must win, then I don't know what, what they're going in at. But the, outside of all those observations, one thing that you asked them for, that you pleaded for in the last pod, was that they would put in some effort. Do you feel like this is a lack of effort issue, or do you feel like they're they're providing you know 100% and it's just not going their way? I think they're playing their asses off. I'm not upset at that. I'm upset at, you know, even the, and I hate saying this word, you know I do, because it's overused so much, is mm. that even the casual fan watching the game can notice exactly what happened in game one. And that was our issue with Doc in the playoffs last year. We weren't recognizing the adjustments that we needed to make. And when you look at the box score from last night, the only people that are positives are our second unit, right? Ibaka, Batum, Rondo, uh, Terrence Mann came in and gave some time, Reggie again. Um, I'm okay with it. I just think that they're looking at Zubak at this moment yep. in time like he's just he's meat dude yep. and i like ibisa you know i do I'm, I'm so thankful we have him on the squad he's a great regular season player and you know what it's looking like to me i know the media is bashing the clippers and they should they should drew we asked we we purposely lost or whatever you want to tanked for dallas right yep and dallas and luca give zero fucks who they're, who they're playing against and the way tim hardaway is shooting you know, even Maxi Maxi got got 13 points quick in the first quarter mm -hmm. last night because we were focused on Luca and on Tim Hardaway. Um, you know, even Collie Stein got a couple buckets where you're like, shit. And he, Chris Stapps, you know, Porzingis was knocking damn near half quarters. Look, Ivisa cannot guard Porzingis. That's, I agree. Ibaka can. I think Ibaka would be great. Oh, and you know what? Let's throw Boogie in. Like if the shit ain't working, where is Pat Patterson? Some guy who's extremely active, active hands, you know, loves to box out, plays his role and can stretch and shoot the three. These are the little adjustments that I want to see. Like, I love, again, I love Patrick Beverly. Drew, I, I, I wanted him on my squad. I didn't want to trade him. But Ty and the staff needs to recognize that this isn't the way it's going to work. Reggie has been our go-to guy for the past three months. I understand that that um, Ibaka has been out for three months. But look, we brought in Rondo and Ibaka and uh, Ronda, Rondo and Ibaka for the veteran championship leadership. And if they're not getting the minutes on the floor, it's a waste of time. And if we're going to pay Luke Kennard $64 million <laughs> and, and we need shooters, let, let Luke go out. Right. 
Right. Let him come out. Yeah, he might be a defensive liability. There was a there was a moment where we were running. It was Rondo, um, Reggie, Batum, uh, Paul, and Kawhi, and I loved it. I loved. It. That's when we made our run. Yeah. I loved it. We're small, but that's okay. Chris Stapps plays small. Um, he does. Yeah. I I want to see the adjustments going into Game Three. Uh, I it's going to have to take a huge monumental effort from the Clippers to win this series. And if we go down in this series, Drew, uh, I, I just don't know what we do because mm. we're, we're tied. We, we sold the farm yeah. for this squad. Well, you're kind of locked in. Mm. But uh, the other question that I had for you was we didn't really talk about how amazing Kawhi was that in that much depth in the first half of that game. He scored 30 points in the first half. Never seen that from him. He took 14 shots in the first half, 30 points on 14 shots. Uh, he was just so locked in, back to Terminator style. That's the, that's the most locked in I've seen him since Toronto. Second half, he only gets seven shots mm-hmm. in a game where he was really getting whatever the fuck he wanted. So he finished with 40 or 41, mm-hmm. 11 points in the second half after an, just an unbelievable first half. Mm-hmm. What what happened there? Like, because when I'm watching on my phone, there's possessions that go by, and especially when it was kind of seesawing back and forth. You guys creep up a little bit, then they come back and score. You creep up, they come back and score. And in those possessions, occasionally from time to time, there'd be three or four or five in a row where he just wouldn't touch the ball. Even what what's that about? That's coaching, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to put this on blame on anybody, but look, it sounds like Ty Lue might be the one to blame. I. I and if that's the case, that's the case. Mm-hmm. So I'm blaming him right now. Right. Um, eight minutes to go in the third quarter, and we're in the bonus, and we're not, you know, we're not taking it to the rack. We're not doing anything to to get these fouls and these buckets. If anything, Marcus Morris needed to get to the line, see the ball go through the hoop. Like, yo, you have to be aware of this. And I saw that in the Laker game too with Devin Booker when AD got two fouls. Yep, he and we'll passed. Get in, he passed yeah, it. Was was being extremely passive, which yeah. is completely different. I than, think he tried to pass it to like Sarge for a post threw, up or something. It, yeah, it was bad. That was right. bad. Um, but so, yeah, it's that kind of deferment, mm-hmm. and then also on top of that, I think the frustration builds within Kawhi, right? Because he can't do anything with the ball unless he has the fucking ball. Mm-hmm. And he was really, I mean, I mean, thirty points and a half. That that doesn't happen too often. I'm sitting here watching him do this. I'm like, this guy could go for 50 or 60. We were thinking that. No problem. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't have been a problem. Mm-hmm. I And I just, to me, I do think that has to be coaching. I think Ty Lu, and this is something that goes back to uh, our, your, your conversation with Tomer that I really enjoyed a couple months ago. I've referred to it a couple times over the last few pods. But you asked about, I think you asked about fourth quarter offense because it was very stagnant. It was very similar to the way that the Lakers are running uh, the offense with LeBron James when AD was out. It was just like, here's the ball. Do something. And yeah, let's mm-hmm. see. Everyone's going to stand and watch unless you call for a screen of some kind. I remember Tomer asking Ty Lue the question about like fourth quarter offense and like if there was going to be any development. And it didn't seem like it was that big of a, uh, of a deal then, but this is when it matters. And it seems like it's a big deal now. Um, not just necessarily fourth quarter, but just random periods of time where you guys really need a bucket and you just neglect to run plays or you neglect to even get your best player the ball. And I don't know who else to blame other than Ty Lue for making sure that every player on the floor knows that Kawhi needs to touch the ball at least once every possession. And then the players on the floor for not realizing that he needs to also touch the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how else to put it, but when a guy has 30 points in the first half and ends with 41, I, I think that's completely insane. I agree. And the reason why we brought in Rondo was because we've been in this Jamal Crawford, Lou Will phase, fourth quarter, stand around, you just do what you got to do. 
like Rondo's brought in to create plays and to get players the and he had a real I loved Rondo last night. I thought he played really well. He's two for three, you know, seven dimes. He's doing exactly what he what he was supposed to do. Um, but you're right, Drew. They got to get Kawhi the Rock. And if it's gonna take Kawhi guarding guarding Luca Luca for 40 minutes, then you know what, dude? This that's what we have to do. And Paul George was one for seven from three yesterday. But he was extremely aggressive in the beginning. I don't think he got a lot of calls he should have gotten. I don't think Paul George is getting the calls he needs to. Actually, we went to the line a lot. We did, we did go to the line a lot last night. Um, I mean, but Paul George only had three attempts. Right. Kawhi went to the line a lot. Right. Nobody else did. Right. I mean, he was the second highest free throw shooter. So I just I think also there's that with Paul George. Uh, he can be at times I think he wants to be team oriented mm-hmm. uh, because he either doesn't want the blame or he just wants to be that kind of nice guy. But if you're the second best player on this team and your team's about to lose the second game in a row when you're at home and 93% of teams that lose the first two games lose the series, that just seems like a, a time. Is that the stat? 93%. Fuck. Um, so, yeah, it's not looking good for the Clippers. But, hey, both of these games were winnable by the Clippers, and it didn't happen. And you were met with some of the best shooting that we've seen out of this Mavericks team Ever <laughs> and, may, and maybe Luca's the truth. Like a lot well, of people, and that's the other side. A, a lot of people commented too. We're getting beat by a 22 year old. I'm like, yo, we're getting beat by a 22 year old goat. Like this guy will be the MVP of the NBA. Oh, he yeah. will be in the Hall of Fame. He will be compared to the greatest players ever to play. Like he, this is his coming of age. Like this is what we were ex- thinking was going to happen with Tatum, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but like I said in the last pod, if if we're giving our best effort, which I think I need more effort from the coaching. That's what I need. I want to see some major adjustments going yes. into this next game. Yeah. And again, like, did these guys not scout the 50 point loss that we lost to them in Dallas? That would have been a good one to watch. Would have been, right? Yeah. One of the, that should have been in the, in the tape player. Um, oh, so man. either way. I, I do want to end it on, on agreeing with you firmly <clears throat> that Luca is not your average guy. This no. is not an average basketball type of player. We, I mean, it, that's, this isn't TJ Warren. It's like, an this obvious isn't... thing. Yeah. This, he's not on a heater. No. This is, this is just how he is. And it, uh, so I've talked a lot about uh, Jason Tatum, I think, in two episodes. And I, not enough can be said about how much better I think Luka Doncic is than even Jason Tatum. Like, he does stuff. I think you're, that, that may be the, the, the most obvious but yet underlying factor here is that it's very possible that no one can stop this man. Kawhi Leonard, anybody. Like, it could just be that. And so for that reason, especially because he loves to come off those screens and he loves to find people, I would, I would love to see you just play small, like do Morris at the five. That way you can switch all your shit. I'd love to see T-Man out there a little bit more because he's long enough. Luke is going to overpower him, but having Batum and Beverly guard him completely doesn't work. I don't think Ibaka is where you expected him to be by this time of the season. Of course, he missed so many games with a back injury and back injuries are very fickle. So I just, it, to me, I feel like maybe he might still have some sort of injury or the, or the coaching staff feels like he's not going to be able to do it. But if that's the case, you shouldn't just leave Zubak out there. Go small, put Morris at the five, play your wing players. I, I don't mind Batum being on the floor, but I think, I think the lineup that I'd like to see is Morris, Kawhi, Paul George, Terrence Mann, and Reggie Jackson, or Rondo, or something like that. One more thing that I want to add. Can we just put Luka on his ass? How about that? This is playoff, Zubak. You have one foul. Boogie, you got six. Pat, Pat, you got six. 
Mook, who 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 fouled out because he was playing too hard a defense. Mm. You get too close to, to Luca, he's gonna get you to bite. Yeah, he's and that good. He's that good, and he gets you to the line. And you have to you have to respect the three. But can we put can we play physical with this dude? Put hands on somebody, please. Like, um, I just don't think. And and look, Patrick Beverly, two seasons ago at Oracle, you you had a great game against LeBron at yeah. Christmas. You had a great game against KD, a KD yeah, right? That was awesome. One. It was it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, and it was and it was it was great. But the fact that that Pat got you know twenty three minutes last night is one for four minus eleven when he's on the court. It's not enough to beat this squad. So we got to step it up. And I absolutely love Luka Doncic talking shit to Pat Beverly. And he should. He gave he gave Pat Beverly the Pat Beverly treatment. He did. He gave him the Pat Beverly treatment. Seems like a lot and of people. And Pat Bev can't say shit to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Neither could D Booker. Like Pat, you know, this is something we asked for. You talk shit. And look, if we end up getting swept in this series, the cool thing is we'll have two cool moments of Kawhi banging on Cleaver and That was and, the dunk of the and, playoffs right. so far. And then Co- and then Paul George just tripping up Porzingis, right? And like, did you see that one? Yeah, I did see that yeah, one. And Porzingis knew he got burnt and like he, he just was fell down. Laugh- yeah, he was yeah. laughing, he was about, laughing it. about it. Hey, but funny thing is, Drew, there are were actually more games. <laughs> Um, going before on we leave, before okay. we leave, are, are you giving up hope? Do you still do you still have hope in your heart for this Clipper team I, to win this series? Okay, I definitely have hope. I need to get one. All right, we need to get this next game. I'm a firm believer. My girl California, Fawn, who is my boy Art Mob's wife, had a quote like on her Instagram the other day, and it was, "Be where your two feet are at," meaning like, "Yo, be in the present, be where you're at," and it made so much sense. We are in Game Three. We have to lose two more. We are perfectly capable of winning these next two games. We need to have, and I just hope that Paul George and Kawhi and the whole team see that. Now, if we lose in the first round, people, I want you guys to all understand, like, this is going to fuck up a lot of things. <laughs> like, it's going to mess up a lot. And, I, and I'm again, I'm used to this, but I told Drew before this shit started, it's a lot. This shit wears on me, bro. And I asked for this. Yeah. I am the Clipper fan. And you know what else? I'm going to say one more thing, Clipper Daryl. Can you shut the F up? You are the biggest jinx of all time. You really are. And Charles Barkley, can you not let us, like, guarantee us we're going to win? You are a jinx. Can you shut the F up? Please. I don't do any I don't like any jinx. Yes, Drew. If we can tie this series up. Well, yeah, one game at a time, of course. One game of at course. A time. If you can win game 3, then there's a chance you can win game 4, and if you come home tied up and it's a three-game series, then okay. Then we then we can be where where our feet are. Be where your feet are at. <laughs> All right, so we there is more playoff basketball. Yeah, There's man. been a lot going on. The first thing I want to say is fans are back and it's awesome. It is awesome. It is so Madison Ma- Square Garden. The garden seeing them Spice just, uh, Spike Lee. I loved it. Jumping he, up and down like a five-year-old so kid. He was so hyped. Oh, and man. I kind of want to talk about that. Let's talk cuz game 2's tonight of that series. The Hawks and the Or do you want to do Lakers? Oh, I, Lakers can be later. That's Okay. Fine. Um it was I was just hyped to see the whole Madison Square Garden just lit, Spike being there, just looking like a kid in a candy store. Uh, we're seeing Trey Young grow up b- before our eyes. I mean, they even got the mayor. Uh, what was his name? De Blasio. Yeah, with his Knicks hat on, telling Trey Young to stop flopping, which he should. I'm, I'm completely with him on that. Um, what did you think about it? I mean, obviously, Julius had a really bad game. Trey had a really good game. There were some questionable, questionable decisions um, from Tibbs at the end of that game. But one guy that I that I, I loved and had the game of his life was Burks, right? And I brought Burks up. Alex Burks. Mm-hmm, when I when I was on the the diehard Knicks podcast when the Clippers played them a couple months ago, and I said, "Wow, he's really good. That's a dude I want on my team." And he just went off. But what what do you think about that game in particular? Mm. Moving forward to game two, because now 
Now there's going to be a lot of heat on Trey Young. They're going to go at him. We're going to see how he can perform with this pressure. What's your take? Uh, the the Trey Young uh, attitude. I I'm I'm actually I like it a little bit. I I don't like Trey Young. I I Not haven't I haven't been a fan of his, but I'm turning. Like that was fun. That was great. And I mean, the kids got balls, you right? Think so it was, was too early for the shush, though. Oh, definitely. It was. But uh, I mean, it's it's one. It's your first playoff game, buddy. <laughs> but it was a hell of a shot. Mm-hmm. And it was. I mean, what? How many? I mean, especially f- like considering the fact that Madison Square Garden had like fifteen thousand people in there, and we have and these guys haven't been playing in front of crowds. Like, but pull out the shush. Right. I love it. Full first time since. Out of 2019, that Madison Square Garden's been packed. Right. Go ahead and quiet these every one of them up. Because they were screaming, "Fuck up. you, Trey Young!" Oh yeah, like, it's New York Knicks fans. This way, it's all. The, it's so much. Ah, damn, sports are just way better with, when fans are. I around. agree. The story of this game is Bogdanovich and Burks. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievably, when you, I mean, Trey had a great game. I don't want to. I don't want to try and put anything on that. I mean, 32 points, whatever, like 10 assists, like seven boards. Like he was, he was everywhere. He did a great job. But in the fourth quarter, it was Bogdanovich mm-hmm. and Burks just trading threes, like corner threes, and and just just man, that was so much fun. I this is a great game, uh, despite Julius Randle really kind of shitting the bed a little bit. Um, he was forcing a lot of stuff at the end there. Too. Of course he was, man. It's again like on the flip side, first time Madison Square Garden's filled up, mm-hmm. and since he's been the most improved player in the NBA, right? So he wants to come out and show out, and of course he lays an egg, and that sucks. Uh, I believe that was also his first playoff game. Considering that he's been bounced around so much, I think that may have been his very first playoff game. He didn't get one with the Lakers, didn't get one with the Pels, right? I think this is first. Mm -hmm. So I think I think there's a a lot building up to that, right? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I I don't think that he lost any love from the Knicks fans. Who, I mean, I think he might have a run for for mayor of New York. De Blasio better be looking over his shoulder. (laughs) Don't you like how the mayor went to bat for them though? Rocking the Knicks. He knows what he's doing. He does. And did you hear what he's talking about with the birds? Trey Young's so scared of birds. Is he is he scared of birds? Petrified of birds. Oh my gosh. So that's why people are bringing like pictures of birds in tonight oh good it's, i'm really excited to see i hope that. someone releases a Release pack doves. of doves get yeah, the doves get the in doves. there random bats we saw that well, with you know what's better is new york city pigeons let's get Hell new york yeah. city pigeons in madison square garden i bet somebody somebody knows somebody about that, that can that can pocket a pigeon for for uh through security somebody call mike tyson we know he has a bunch of them well then we're gonna have to worry about bird <laughs> flu though we don't the want one, that <laughs> the one thing that was a little shocking was though at the end of the game, Trey's got to hit one to win the game. Yeah. And Tibbs is like, you know what? Let's bring the guy off the bench. That Frankie has a smokes. Let's bring <laughs> Frankie Nicotina. Nicotina off the bench to guard. And Trey just burned him. He was nowhere near him on that final play. A little, a little bit of overcoaching from Tibbs. Yeah, you a think little so? bit of overcoaching. Thought about it too much. I mean, look, Nicolita is probably their best on-ball defender uh, at the guard position. I would, I would argue that that could be mm. there could be a case made for that. But I mean, ice cold, bro. What I mean, it was like destined for him to get shook. Mm-hmm. I mean, I if I'm Nickelita, I'm always, I'm like I'm like coach. Wait for real? Like now? I I I almost took my jersey. My shoes are untied. Like I I'm not even the games. We got like six seconds left. You want me to now? Okay, I guess. Like I I feel bad for for Frankie Smokes, um, that he was put in that position by Tibbs. Yeah, a little bit of overcoaching, right? I get it. Defensively, Tibbs is like, oh, I got I got the long guy. I put him on and make it tough. It just, you know, Trey was going to hit that shot. He got to his spot. He got the floater up. Um, and what a great way to end the game. I mean, awesome. I mean, it sucks for, for the, the Knicks fans that were there. 
But as far as entertainment level, it was it was awesome. Very intense game, and I I think I I honestly expect the next the, the Knicks to win this game because it's on right now. Uh, yeah, the game probably started about <clears throat> twenty minutes ago, mm-hmm. um, and I just I totally I think Julius is going to bounce back. Uh, I think I expect him to have a much better game. Um, it's wild how most of the first playoff games were just great games. Almost all of them <clears throat> across the board. Almost all of the games were really good and kind of set the tone like, oh, this is going to be a great playoffs, and then we get into boston nets and it's like i well, I, t- I told drew last night i'm like yo uh that's a tough series i've never wanted a game to end faster than this like <laughs> halftime i was over it and we're seeing do you want to i don't even really want to talk about the nets no no it's fine uh, i mean they're gonna sweep that series easily it, it's unfortunate for the celtics that they don't have jalen brown i think jalen brown would give them a puncher's chance and then especially for them to start the way that the nets did with like 16 points in the first quarter they're brick and shut. They didn't make any threes for mm-hmm. the first half of the game. And then you're like, oh, maybe Boston will sne- steal one here. No, they still lose by whatever it was, like 16. Points. Well, the game was over in the first quarter with Joe Harris. Just in the, going, yeah, in the second game. Yeah, In the second game. In the game, second right, game, yeah. Right. That, the second game was just brutal. I mean, I also but feel Tatum has not Tatum was not good in either one of those games, Drew. Yeah. I, I think he knows what's up. I mean. Do you think he plays in game three? With a with yeah. a poke dot, you do see. I think there's some dramatics in this, bro. Oh sure. I mean the poke. Look, I getting poked in the eye sucks. I've mm-hmm. had that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I've only had it happen once. But and it was my. I have a bad eye. It was in the bad eye. Um, <laughs> and but it it does suck. And it. I mean, look. Only LeBron can hit a three with Obviously. with with a poked eye, man. I mean, what a, what an we're going to talk about LeBron. In what a an amazing here. shot that was. What a great, what an unbelievable. Let's just go into that then. Unbelievable feat. No, but I, I I'll just say this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tatum can see that this is just not going to be a winning series. Mm-hmm. And rather than get poked in the other eye and have a really tough cataracts kind of surgery off season where you can't see it all, uh, maybe just take it a little easy. I just, I, I just don't. There's no, there's no winning here for the Celtics. The it's winning is Time Lord showing out though. Yeah, nine blocks. Yeah, nine blocks huge. for him, which is great. Yeah, I just, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, that that game was was brutal, and that's. I think that's the only series that I'm not really invested in i don't i don't really care about the the sixers and the wizards no because the wizards are like you know oh we're ready to go we got all this energy and and it's just like you're just not you're not good enough to beat this sixers team they could you know Embiid could play with one hand and i think they would still handle <laughs> handle the sixers uh, but i wouldn't be shocked if if the six if the if the wizards pull one game out like at home mm-hmm. uh just off emotion and also probably lack of caring from the sixers there's a chance there but i think both of those series are going to end quickly uh, so that's all we need to talk and about and same then. thing with the bucks series though this one this one was the one that i was really keyed in for and that first game man you were high on miami you were well, a big oh, no, miami I, guy i wasn't picking miami no but you were you i was were excited. excited for the rematch mm-hmm. and the first game lived up to it it did exactly like i thought i mean it went to fucking overtime uh it was tight buttholes all around from mm-hmm. from milwaukee and then the second game they go we got that first one under our belt which was a big exhale i'm sure i'm sure everyone in the organization mm-hmm. was just like Okay, cool. We didn't go down to this squad 1-0 at home again where we're going to fucking, you know, have everyone questioning whether or not we're good enough. Um, and then, yeah, they just absolutely torched it in the second game. Brent that, Forbes. Wasn't even, that wasn't even close. Yeah. He, was, he was the X factor. I mean, Brent Forbes and, and, uh, and, and Joe Harris are Splash Brothers 2.0 right now. Yeah, Brent Forbes having, having a, a, a McDirty game. McDirty. He's Dougie McDirty. Very, almost an exact replica of the Doug McDirty you know, game. You know what I think is different, though, is – we're seeing that these off off-season acquisitions with Holiday, with Tucker, with uh, what's my Bobby Portis, like these the uh, PJ. Did I already say PJ? I did. I did these 
this is a playoff team. Like they surrounded Giannis with exact. He needs to stop shooting the three. But these are the kind of players that you need uh, around you to win these kind of ball games. And, and Middleton hit Middleton, the shot again. And we're talking. We for- we always forget about Middleton. He the hit the shot. Play- I mean, he hit the shot right. to win the game in Game One, and that mm-hmm. was huge for him. I think that's so big for him because there was no pressure on that. It was tied. He hit the shot. Game over. Like cool. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like we're down. I need to hit this. He took a great jumper. Got to a really good spot and he fucking nailed the shot. And I think that win, and then com- combined with how shitty Jimmy Butler has been playing, um, I think that that was that was big. I, I think Jimmy, there, Jimmy Butler through two games is thirteen point five points a game, twenty five percent field goals, twenty two from three. Bam through two games, twelve and a half points, thirty five percent field goal percentage, seven rebounds a game. Underwhelming for your two stars. Absolutely. And this is where the only thing that I had on this. This is where Miami is missing Olenek. Oh, nice. Good call. The You're spacing right. and the size of Olenek would Good have been call. huge in this series. And look, I, they swung for the fences with Oladipo, right? Because Oladipo brings them something that they mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have because Hero's shit in the bed this year. Oh, we're going to get into Hero. Hero's shit in the bed this year. So, all right, let's bring in Oladipo. We'll give up, who do we have to give up? Okay, Olenek and some other guy, Avery Bradley. Fine, we'll give, up, we'll give those guys up. But Olenek would be huge in this series. As weird as that sounds... I would have tried to like hold on to Myers Leonard. They released Myers Leonard and then they mm-hmm. trade a Lin- like see hold on to Myers, keep him on the fucking sidelines in a suit, then make the give move. Give the boogie treatment. Give give Leonard and Avery Bradley for Oladipo cuz mm-hmm. look, I think the Rockets were going to take that anyway. Right. Or at least try it because I do think Olenek is like the perfect matchup for Brooke Lopez. They're like virtually the same guy and it just spreads the floor much more for Jimmy to drive, for Bam to get his touches in the paint. Um but that, I think they're missing him. And they're just not the same. They're not the same team that they were this year. It's impossible to keep that same kind of energy and effort, especially when you had COVID and uh, a lot of injuries. And, I mean, Dragic like, seems like he played in the boot the whole year. Um, and he's like their best player right now. He's definitely their best player right now. <laughs> Which is wild. Uh, and then, of course, you know, people are, are, are understanding what Duncan Robinson does way better this year than they ever have. I mean, he, he lit up the league last year. And you're not going to do that two years in a row so, the same exact way, especially to the same exact team. Right. So I just think they don't have enough in the tank. This this could be a sweep, but I don't expect Bam and Butler to continue to play this poorly. But if they do, they're going to be done in four. And even if they don't, they might be done in four or five. So going off that, what Jason Tatum said about Hero being the bubble fraud, maybe the whole Miami Heat squad are the bubble frauds. I mean, remember six months ago, Hero was off limits for James Harden. Like they weren't even going to dish – he put hero in a deal for Harden. And now we're seeing like, like you said about Duncan Robinson, we know how to play you dude. Yeah. And do you think that, that he can come back from this? Yes. He's a, he's a young player. It's his second season. Yeah. Uh, but look, I mean, if the grind stops, right. If, if you stop doing in the off season, what got you to the NBA, if that stops, which it does stop for some guys, they go, Oh shit. I made it. Mm-hmm. Like I did it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think I have to work as hard anymore. If you get that sort of mentality, then, man, you know, that's, that's a really slippery slope to get down. And then, you know, before you know it, Tyler Hero is a guy that is on a two-way contract somewhere. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't expect that to happen. The guys so is he a bubble fraud? No. This is a sophomore okay. slump. This is a traditional sophomore okay. slump. Um, we've also seen him bounce back a little bit, at least, in the last few games. I'm not, he's not doing what he did last year at all um, in, in the playoffs thus far. But I do think this is just where he has to go back to the toolbox and go, they know my first move. Let me work on my second. And then you got to start working on your third because 
this is what I remember. Kobe had a quote on one of these one of these shows. I've been watching. I mean, inundated with Kobe quotes my whole life. So forgive me for not knowing exactly when he said this. But there was one thing that I heard him say where he goes, "You can be a good score in the NBA with one with one move that you that you are like a hundred percent on. Like where you go, like when Kobe goes to the elbow." Fade away. Cash. Mm-hmm. And and Chris Paul goes Chris to Paul, elbow. Mm-hmm. Cash. You can be good in the NBA and have that as your one move. But you become great when you can go to your second and then a third and then a fourth and still have that same kind of confidence in yourself and your ability. And all that takes is time. It takes time yeah, and Yeah, but not everybody practice. can get those. I totally agree with mm-hmm. you. And not that's why not everyone's a great player. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like I, I think I said it on the last one, maybe that rookie season is the best season that Hero ever has in his career, which is cool. It was a hell of a season. But I do think the guy is so young, he has definitely has time to bounce back and develop if he chooses to do that. It has to start with work. And I think the thing that I'm bringing up is like we heard, uh, you, you brought it up once, but I've heard as well that he, he thinks of himself a little bit like a, like a superstar, like a he little doesn't, celebrity. They think that he thinks that his peers feel that he's acting that and way. And that means he's doing things to make them feel that way. And mm-hmm. so I just think, you know, sometimes you, you're, you get a little full of yourself and that's fine, but what what matters most is your confidence in yourself and then your your work ethic that's what makes you into a better player uh he can be a solid role player for a long time in the nba i think hero and not improve very drastically i think he can be fine but if he wants to be as good as he was last year consistently in this league it's he's got to have to go back to the drawing board and 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 focus but that series is not going to be – it doesn't seem like it's going to be as competitive as I thought, mm-hmm. even though that first game went to overtime. And even though the Bucks completely shot the lights out in the second game, uh, I still think that there's a chance Miami can get back into the series, but I just don't see it lasting very long. So Memphis shocked some people. Yeah. Memphis Memphis got not only into the into the playoffs, but they got game one against Utah. Uh, what's your take on that? I know you were, you were kind of big on the whole play-in thing. But the play-in thing was fun. So uh, let me ask you: Do you like the plan? Do you like the love plan? It. You you enjoy it? I love it. Okay, and especially if my team is in the eighth spot or the ninth spot. If your team's in the ninth spot, you absolutely I love, love the plan. I think it's, or ten, nine, nine or ten. I mean, look I, at I get the why, Wizards. I get why players and fans of those certain teams would not like it, but don't get yourself in that position. Play harder, right? And in a lot of teams, you might be in the play in a lot of years. You know what I mean? There might be four or five years where you're in the play in tournament, but if that's the only way you're gonna, I'll guarantee you this. Memphis won't be in the play-in for long. Like they have a they have a really good. They're young. Future. They they're are. Gonna get, they're going to get better. Right. Um, I mean, just having the chance to play the Golden State Warriors based on to get the, into the playoffs. Right. To get there, I, I I enjoy it. I like it. I enjoy it too. I I think the thing that was unexpected for me is this Memphis beating the Warriors and then going into the first round with just a full steam, uh, full steam ahead. Like. And it seems like the interesting thing about the just the structure of the play-in, that the the winner of the nine ten playing the loser of the seven eight is an advantage for the nine ten seed because mm-hmm. they just won a game. We just won a really close tight mm-hmm. game. Like fuck it, let like we can do this, right? And then counter to that, you have the Warriors who come off of really tough loss, LeBron. Just an uh, just an unbelievable shot. I don't. I honestly. I mean, Stephen A. called it luck. I don't. I think LeBron has uh, <laughs> has refused to, to to confirm it as luck. Um, that's not shocking. Um, but I just, you know, it is one of those shots where you go, okay, I, I have to shoot it, and he happened to hit it, and it was one of those things where I did not. Th- <laughs> you seriously didn't think that shit was going in? 
Oh uh, no, I thought there was a chance. Uh, I mean, it wasn't an impossible shot. He no. wasn't like half court or anything. No. I thought, uh, yeah, he squared up to the basket. He got the ball right back. Of course, I thought he could make it. Mm-hmm. It's not, and it was, but it was the longest shot he made all season. It was the longest shot LeBron made in the entire season, thirty-four and a half feet. Interesting. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like when he let it go. I wasn't like when Steph shoots it. I'm just like, oh, it's oh, good. Like right. put my three up in the. And I was just, I was waiting to see it drop, and it did, and it was huge. But I do think weirdly. Getting your heart broken like that in a 7-8 seed, but still having to go back you know, to a day and a half later and then play a team that's like full of energy. We nothing just, to lose. Nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, here to, we're here to play you mm-hmm. and, and win, and then you have to muster up you know, that, that energy to, to match them. And they almost did it. I mean, Ja hit a couple great shots in the, in the, in the overtime game. I, Dylan Brooks. I do feel at one point it felt like Steph was like, all right, we, you know, maybe maybe the off season's good. Maybe, you know, maybe I, I really want to play. I do, yeah, do I want to do I want to lose four games to Utah? Mm-hmm. I don't even really like Salt Lake that much. I got that's a shitty flight. I think I'm good. I think I'm gonna go home, hang out with the kids and the wife. Mm-hmm. Go hang out with Clay. Go swim in the in the bay. In the bay, like with, with the Clay. walruses. What did he call himself? A seal. A seal. Because he's got his uh, sweatsuit on. <laughs> but and I say that very lightly. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to call out Steph for being non-competitive, but. Uh, I think the funniest thing out of all of that was was the Draymond Green last shot of the season for Dre, uh, because didn't I post? Oh yeah, I, t- I post uh, Bigums. 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 <laughs> Draymond what Green was... had a real good shot at it, and had he wanted zero part of that ball. He wanted no part of that ball. <gasps> could have won the game, right? He had twelve feet in front of him. He could have stopped for a free throw. He sh- he could have stopped for an eight footer. He could have stopped and done anything, like stopped and turned around and threw it to back to Steph. No, nah, he wanted that shit. He went for it. The panic on his face when he got that ball and the lane was wide open. Does it remind, do you remember the Patrick Ewing layup that he missed in the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Like that? Just, just at the bunny. rim. Just, just a bunny. Just off the back of the rim. New York fans will never forget that. <laughs> Why do we got to do New York fans like that? I don't, you you know, <laughs> they listen to the show. You guys remember. That's but it's like, I think it's just the shock that you are so wide open. And this is the easiest shot you've had probably all season. And you lay an egg. And, or maybe he was throwing the game, Drew. I don't freaking know. I, it did. It it seemed like he was hoping that that was going to be a lob, like like he was going to toss that up to uh, to Javale back in the day. Oh, not there, buddy. Oh my God! But that was the funniest part. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had the LeBron. You know, I can't see the rim. There was so much that Dramatics. happened to the Lakers. Um, he gets poked in the eye by a vicious Draymond Green foul. Arrest that man. Arrest him for that foul. He's been known. I'm being uh, I'm being a little bit uh, light with that because that we LeBron definitely milked it. Do you think that was a flagrant foul though? Look, it, it certainly was worth review, right? Um, and Draymond was not straight up and down. I'm sorry, like I, this is not a Laker fan take here. Mm-hmm. Draymond was leaning way over, right? And, and he tends to do this, mm-hmm. and I think it's I, I don't think it's a, a bad uh, move. He goes for the fake. He knows he can't block the shot, so he goes to try and block your vision of the rim. But what happens is you put both your fucking hands on LeBron's face. You're going to poke people in the eye. See, I see it the other way. Foul. I see it the other way. Like LeBron was already up, and Dre smaller than him, and was trying to get up, and he was just too late, and all you got was face. So that's I, what I I've seen Draymond do that a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I lived with the Warriors friend, Warriors fan. Shout out to Crompton uh, for a long time, and I, he made me watch a lot of Warriors games. We have and watched. and. Like I said, it's a move that I think makes sense. He he knows he can't get to block the shot, mm-hmm. 
and he knows that he can look somewhat vertical, but still put his arms down, not touch any arms, not foul anybody on the arms, and just try to block the vision. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you, you, you know, sometimes you hit him in the face. I just, I, I don't think it was like an intentional poke in the eye. I don't think it was like a flagrant thing. But I, for, for us to completely go the other way and say that LeBron didn't get touched or mm-hmm. it wasn't a foul, I think that's completely bullshit. But of course, it's really for LeBron to, to immediately after he hits the three yell at Steph, I can't even see, and then immediately in the post game say I saw three rims and then just run with that for the rest of the time. Three rims, three rims. I just shot in the middle. Three rims. All I saw was three rims. I tried to aim for the middle one. It's like, fuck, dude. <sighs> you know That's the shit that I don't like about him. Well, he knows the cameras are on him, right? So he knows. But what, it's a what, great shot. It like, is. It's, it's just, go a, with, just go with I pulled the shot and I won the game. We all saw Draymond Pokey in the eye. Right. We get it. We saw it. <laughs> we, we watched the replay 1,700 times while they were trying to figure out if it right. was a foul or not, a flagrant or not. Like, let us tell the story. Right. You don't have to be the one be like, man, did you... I. Then Draymond both, kicked him in the eye, right? And then he, Draymond, well, Draymond, Draymond, my eyeball was dangling at one point. I had to pop it in, and then I hit the shot. Uh, and and the jokes about him potentially coming out to the press conference with an eye patch on—that would have been great. I just it's it would it would Somebody be said that it How would be prime would LeBron. Be? It would be totally prime LeBron. All right, so since we're on LeBron, sorry, uh, yeah, we I, I we we jumped around too much Warriors. We jumped, we're done with the Warriors. We jumped around a lot. Memphis, the, I I just want to say this: I like the play in as well. Mm-hmm. I think the nine and ten get an advantage that was unexpected. That's the only thing that I have because the Warriors deserve to be in the eight seed uh, based on the fact that they almost beat us. Like uh, it just it just really sucks that they lose by three points and then they lose in overtime and they're not in the playoffs. I think that sucks. So I know I talked about the Warriors a lot there. You did, but I do need to get to my Lakers. Yes, you do. Because, but let me let me give some context first, though. Okay. You weren't scared at all of the Phoenix Suns, and I was going off your call too. Okay. I was on a live stream for five hours the other night, watching Game One <laughs> with our basketball news family, and they, you know, we were talking, and I went with you. This is a sweep. The last time they I played, I did not say. Well, it was no, a I, was sweep. Just, I kind, of, you know, I like to exaggerate. I did not say it was a sweep. I was going off what you were, you know, you were hyped on this. It was going to be an I easy still, victory. I still think we're going to handle business, but I go like, keep going. Keep I going. like to be dramatic in my calls too. I was going off. I even said my boy Drew has no faith in the Phoenix Suns. So I went with a sweep. Game one comes and they came ready to play. Um, Devin Booker had finally a, just a, a terrific His game. His first, first playoff game. The other thing is, I, and I should have said this in the beginning, the only thing you are guaranteed in life are death and taxes, but when it comes to the playoffs, it's CP getting hurt and the Clippers choking. So CP, <laughs> once CP gets hurt again, which I still can't see it. I don't know but, how it happened. Okay, you don't see it either, right? I don't. It's it's the hip. It has to be the shoulder into the hip. Okay. Of I think it was Aiton. I think it was either Aiton or Crowder mm-hmm. when he's falling, mm-hmm. and it, no contact whatsoever came from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. No, not even a push. No, no, no. He just fell mm-hmm. weirdly, and I think his shoulder hit. The, the hip of his of his teammate and that was just a really weird because it, it it didn't even look it looked like a grazing it didn't right. it looked, I, I had no idea what it was and my initial reaction i texted you my initial reaction was i think he just broke his collarbone because the way that he was floundering on the floor i've seen that so many times with nfl quarterbacks mm-hmm. you see it all the time i mean tony romo is just the picture perfect like if you took if you took an overhead shot of tony romo after he broke his collarbone the first time or the seventh time i don't know how many times that guy broke his collarbone 
and then you look at overhead footage of Chris Paul. It's like almost identical. Yeah, but with Tony, you see him get hit. Like I saw <laughs> nothing. And so I'm just like, what is this? This is Chris Paul luck, right? And immediately after that, obviously, it was really cool. I had my buddy Jerome over watching the game. It was really cool to see every player around him. Obviously, LeBron and him are BFFs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Schroeder was over there. Montrez was over. Everybody was because it looked like he was on his deathbed again. It really looked bad. It looked horrible. And I thought I was thought they were pulling out the stretcher when they came back from from commercial commercial. He's still on the ground. I'm like, oh shit, this is like, not geez, good. Did he also did he pass out? Right. Like, I didn't what, know what, what happened. What happened? But then immediately when when he comes back into the game, something was completely off. I've never seen Chris Paul's handle so loose, throwing away the ball. I'm like, he's got to get out of the game. Um, but Phoenix played a great game. DeAndre Ayton, who who AD had literally chewed up. Um, yeah, we could go a week, a week ago a week before the the, the play in, or the first playoff game had a, a phenomenal game. Yeah. And then of course the media and all of us involved, we go at AD cause he had an extremely underwhelming performance in that game. He went at himself too, which is what I, I like. loved him taking accountability because he was it. right. I mean, That's what you should do as an NBA player, quit yeah. dodging it and putting everything on somebody else. Say it's my bad and I'm going to come back and have a better game. And he did just that. So what's your take from, from game one to game two? <laughs> well, so uh, on the last episode, I, I have referred to this period of time where the Lakers game in and game out. There's just, you know, usually a three to four minute span, typically in the second half, where we can't hit a shot. Now, that started in the playing game against the Warriors and lasted virtually the entire game of that game and then picked back up again in the, in the first half of this uh, first game against Phoenix. Um, and that one, like I said, earlier these these game ones usually go the way of uh of of the 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 team that has the most energy the team that's fucking pumped and ready to go and i think it's just it's an unfortunate trait of the lakers but i think it needs to be called a trait at this point we are slow starters um maybe it's because of confidence or cockiness Uh, we're wavering on that line i think it's more of the cockiness that's what i'm saying like there's a fine line between those two things right you can be confident in yourself which is great and then you can cross that line and be cocky, and then, then you can under be and then under <laughs> Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Zlatan, yeah. What's his name again? Say one more time. Zlatan. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that's my guy. I love that. The guy. Most confident man in the world. He's literally the most confident man in the, on the planet. I love everything about it. Yeah, I, he's amazing. You should watch his documentary on Netflix. I'll send it to me. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Um, his he was a fucking gypsy. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> like his he grew up as a gypsy. Sweet. A real fucking gypsy. Anyway, uh, Zlatan, shout out, buddy. Um, I do think we teeter on that side of cockiness a little bit more than we should. And we end up underestimating teams and we end up coming out to a game where we're like, okay, cool. I think we're going to have this. We can, I think we're going to hang out with, with this team, even if we put in minimal effort to start. Uh, and that just was, that was the death knell in that first game. DeAndre Ayton mopped the floor up with Drummond and Anthony Davis. And, and I mean, Harold played okay, but you know, he just, he's not affecting the game that much for us. Uh, what a, what a tour de force for him. <laughs> from from Devin Booker, uh, very very impressive. I really enjoy watching that kid play basketball. I do too. Um, I also kind of like his intensity. I, I so this, what I thought was going to be my my favorite series was this Bucks and 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 Heat series. This Lakers series, I obviously I'm invested in because I'm a Lakers fan. But this is my favorite series 
there is a there is a nice level of just you know friction, a little a little bit of like go fuck yourself attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we had the Cameron Payne ejection in that first game after he's running his. Did mouth. you think that was called for? Yeah, absolutely. You do. Yeah. Montrez shouldn't have gotten kicked out. No, at all? no. Montrez tried to catch him, and Payne uh. tried to Payne tried to flop. But we talked about flopping already. But Payne, oh, we're going to talk about flopping. Well, yeah, in a that's second. that's the Grizzlies, <laughs> Utah. Uh, but Payne tried to fall down. Even after the fact, you can see him talking to one of the other uh, Suns players saying, I tried to fall down, but uh, uh, Harold caught me, so I couldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't let me fall down. Uh, Payne is an asshole. I don't like this guy. Um, I do think, you know, he, he has been playing well, and that's cool, but like for him to play really hard and go balls to the wall and then get mad at Caruso for doing the same exact thing and then trying to like, like push him and then throw the ball at him, like, dude. That's that's a bitch move to Caruso me. Caruso started it though. Caruso's physical. Caruso's playing defense. Caruso plays over. Plays over. Caruso tries to smack the ball out of his because hand. Cameron Payne pushed him after the whistle. You may you might have no, missed I saw, that. I saw all of it. He pushed him to this the ground. This is during the LeBron. The, the LeBron. Wh- right. LeBron's on the floor. His again. His, his shoulders dislocated. <laughs> Because Chris Paul had to get the favor, repay the favor, I guess. It's like, well, if my shoulders hurt, I'm going to injure LeBron. You, okay, we're going back to this because I'm, I'm all over the map. I, right we now. are, but whatever. They get, they get it. They know where we're at. I'm watching the game with a huge Laker fan. Chris Paul comes in to box out LeBron. He says that's a dirty play. Is that a dirty play? I no, think it's no, a great it's, play. The box out is not a dirty play. Right. It's when he yanks LeBron's arm right. directly over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a dirty play because LeBron was going to get that rebound. I mean, that's the weird part. LeBron's such a bad free throw shooter mm. that he goes, oh, shit, I missed that one and knew it <laughs> and mm. then went to go. Get, he was going to get that board. Uh, so CP did the, I, you know, he did, a, he did a move that I think any of us would do in that scenario. Try to foul the guy who's way bigger than you and try and stop him from getting the ball. That one was a little dirty to me. But going back to the Caruso and Payne play, Caruso doesn't tolerate that bullshit from Cam, from campaign. <laughs> And got got the best of him a couple times. They, there was like a, a charge call. I think he I think he poked the ball away once as well. There was a coming together at the court for a loose ball where they both were involved. And then at the end of the whistle, when LeBron is laying down in the key like his arm is removed from his body, uh, campaign shoves Caruso as they're both were kind of just slowly going to the ball. Mm-hmm. That's when Caruso stands up, pops the ball out of his hand, pushes mm-hmm. him. And then campaign throws the ball at him, and then is surprised that he got ejected. You can't do that, right? You're right. You're right on that. So yeah, you're ejected. Did you notice? And the you're fact an asshole. That one. <laughs> but he you? was huge for them, and 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 I think will continue to be huge for the Suns because his play is is phenomenal. I don't want to I don't want to discredit that right. at all. Offensively, he is lights out right now. I agree. I thought it was funny though that once all the drama was happening with like Montrez, Montrez and and Payne, and all the attention went away from LeBron. LeBron he got up and then towards, walked right into it. He walked towards, holding his shoulder, and I'm like, "Come on, dude!" We, cameras are on you, Bron. I know. Cameras are always on you, Bron. You don't have to go to the scrum. He went right to where everything was popping. That's another. I just, it's ah, man. I'm glad he's a Laker. I am. I'm very glad that he's on our team. Um, and there's there's no excuse for Anthony Davis's first game. So let me just let me end it with this. Mm. I think he recognized that he was not ready for that game. Um, it was very obvious. So if he didn't acknowledge it, it just would have been everybody else saying it. Uh, and he had a much better performance in game two. Uh, I do. I Chris Paul can't catch a break, man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like he's right. Um, and I do think any chance that they had which I didn't think there was much of, but any chance that they did have to beat us in this series lives and dies with Chris Paul's ability to trust his shoulder. Um, and as good as Cameron Payne can be for them. He's not Chris Paul. No, he's not Chris Paul, mm-hmm. man. No way. No fucking way. 
Um, and that just, I mean, I, I, I really wanted to beat the Suns at 100%. I think it was going to be a great challenge for us, like a good team for us to take down, a team that we match up well against, which I still hold true. Um, but if he's not going to be like ready to go 95% healthy, there's no I, chance. I, I mean, look, Devin Booker can go for fifty, and then they they might have a chance. Uh, might have a chance because Aiton is doing much better in this series than he ever did against us in any regular season game that he's played before. Um, so I want to give a little bit of credit to Aiton for really showing up and not being uh, pushed around. Even though we got the better of him in that second game, he still showed out. I think he had like twenty two and ten or mm-hmm. something. Um, but we're not walking over him the way that I expected to. Uh, when we when we started this series, and then Devin Booker's special, I just think because of the slow starting thing that I brought up, we will let this team back into a game. Wait, that's just kind of our makeup, which is scary as a Lakers fan, because this team is good enough. If Chris Paul is somehow miraculously going to be ninety ninety five percent ready to go, uh, and he still hit that fadeaway, I know well, he at he the just end of the game. It, that's just muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I think he can do that without a shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it went in which it was a cash. And I'm just like Jesus, man. This guy's pretty incredible. But that record of of continually getting injured in, in postseasons for him is just brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, while I still feel very confident that we're going to win this series, especially after winning that one uh, and being one one instead of down two zero, I, I think we're going to take care of business. And maybe it's in five. Maybe it's in six. Maybe it goes to seven. But I, I just, I don't, I don't, unfortunately for the Suns, I don't think they're going to beat us because I don't think, I don't think Anthony Davis is going to have another game as bad as game one. And Drummond that's, could. that's where we live and die. Drummond, I mean, he had a much better game. In, that's another guy. He had a much better game in game two. Um, it's very obvious to me that we perform much better um, offensively when Gasol and Caruso are in the game. Gasol got so, in. All right. Yeah. Me Gasol too. was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBron loves the pick and roll with Gasol mm-hmm. at the top. He does not do that almost ever when Andre Drummond is in the game. Um, so I, I, I would love to see a little bit more Gasol. I have no problems with that. But I also I don't mind. I, I have heard I've heard a couple different people say that they don't like Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond on the court together. I'm also okay with that. Like they they they're okay on the floor together. I think Game Two kind of proved that that they can they can exist on the floor together. Um, but especially if offense gets tight, Caruso. Gasol come in and things open up. And then the last thing I'll say is Schroeder, who who didn't have a great first game, had a had a much better second game. And the first game was just missing layups. It just was like that whole slow start thing. Uh, Lakers are in are in a good spot right now. I feel good coming home. We got two games at home. I think we should take care of both. Um, and let's get this sun this let's get the sun series done as quick as possible. We gotta we gotta show love to Portland and Denver though, real quick. That series is tied up one one. Denver looked great last night. It was last night, correct? I'm getting all my. I'm watching so this, many. Damn a lot of lot of basketball. So yes, Denver was uh, two nights ago. That's what it was. That was Monday. M- Monday night. Yeah. Got to show some love there. I'm still. I still don't know who's going to win the series. I really don't. I need to see game three. Um, Nurkic is the X factor. He is. I mean, you see how we tried to beef with him. Who was it? With the Nurkic? Gu- yeah. Somebody somebody got wild with Nurkic. I think it was MPJ. I think that's who it was. Oh, that's possible. And then I'm just like, MPJ, you want none of that smoke. Trust me. So I, Nurkic handled Jokic about as good as I've seen anybody in that first game and was right there with him. Second game, Jokic went right at him, fouled him out of the game. Mm-hmm. He can't foul out of games if Portland wants to win. If he can stay on the floor, Dame and CJ can can continually pull wins out of their ass for this team. But if Nurkic is not on the floor, then Nikola Jokic is is just too overwhelming. 
Uh, and I like Michael Malone. Michael Malone, not Mike Malone. Doesn't want to be called Mike. Michael anymore. Malone's adjustments. I think he is a very good coach at making adjustments and recognizing when Shocking. things when things are not going right, and then changing them up, and then and then you know uh, trying to attack the weaknesses that he sees. I think he's a good coach there. The one thing that I want to bring up in this series is the Compazzo factor. Faku, our boy. Faku Compazzo. I didn't realize this until really kind of the last few games of the season, but the hatred for Compazzo by the guy that he is guarding can really light a fire under their ass in a, in, a, in a negative way for them. He's the foreign Pat Beverly, bro. If you don't see that, if you don't see that. Yeah, it, but <laughs> I thought it was like when he was coming off the bench, it was like, oh, okay. But now he's playing like fucking 30 Starting. minutes. He's playing 30 minutes, and, mm -hmm. and you can see it on Dame and CJ, whoever he is guarding. He's wearing them down. And what it can do at times, it can be effective. And, you know, you can get a flagrant foul on CJ mm -hmm. for flopping all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, or you can light a fire under Damian Lillard's ass and make him shoot eight threes, make eight threes in the Fuck, first half. Fire. And so I just, I, I underestimated how Compazzo can really um, help the opposition yeah. when I was thinking about this series initially. Um, and I think that one's going to be a fun, a fun you series. You see the Pat Beverly comparison though. Oh yeah. When he did that against Phoenix, Devin Booker oh, lit yeah. a fire under his ass. Luca lit a fire under his ass. It happens. I also think the move uh, switching Aaron Gordon to, to Dame was was really smart. That's another adjustment, Ma mm -hmm. Michael Malone. Thank you. I wish, I, making, Ty Lue, will you make? Will you? That was. I think that was good. I think. I mean, Dame's still going to do what he does, mm -hmm. but I think having a bigger guy on him at least makes it a little bit more difficult for him to see over the top. I mean, Compazzo, he completely physically dominates. So Aaron Gordon, he's not going to physically dominate. Mm -hmm. He's still going to hit his step back threes and probably get to the rack. But I, I liked that adjustment. Um, and I'm hoping Will Barton will be seen in He's a jersey. Back. He's, He's got to be back. coming back mm -hmm. soon, man, he is. Uh, because that'll be a big lift for uh, for the Nuggets defensively, at least. Um, but that's the only thing I wanted to say because, man, Compazzo. I enjoy I enjoy Compazzo, but I'm like, you know, if I was his teammate, I'd be like, yo, fucking maybe like just tone it down just yeah. a touch because Dame wants to tear your fucking head off. It sounds He's going to do that with a basketball. Drew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in 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 finality. Have you been noticing that the dramatics, right? The dramatics in these games, the refereeing lately has been wild. We're getting 10-second violations on Giannis. <laughs> Shout out to the Miami Heat coaching staff. Karan and, Butler. Karan Butler pulled that out. Uh, we're getting these dramatics from Blake and from LeBron and from Rudy was the most blatant. You even hit me up on it's it. It's offensive. It's so offensive when a the biggest man in the NBA – is flopping like a soccer player. I'm like, yo, is this West Side Story out here? Are we watching a Broadway play? Like, chill, bro. And like, that's a technical foul to me. It should be. Why is he allowed to walk under the basket? Because now it's it's like there's no rules. It's the wild, wild right. west. Now. Why is he allowed to walk under mm -hmm. the basket when he's not in the fucking game and interact with a player who's in the game? That should not be allowed. You're not allowed to walk on the floor, bro. There's there's this there's this fine line, this gray area. Even when if you watch rewatch like the that whole uh, campaign and, and Caruso thing, like yo, there's like six or seven reps that run on the floor to get everybody to just stay, stay on the bench, right? You and you shouldn't be able to do this during like a normal play. You you should not be able to walk off of your bench mm -hmm. and then go talk shit to Kyle Anderson and then fall down under the basket when he tries to walk <laughs> past you as you're blocking his way back to the fucking court. Right. That that made me so angry. Right. 
I don't know if I've ever been more angry at Gobert other than when he shut down the entire NBA last year. He's already, I'm already angry at him. I, we hate talking about him on the show. This, and it's also great because I don't know how any Utah Jazz fans are, are rabid. And I, and I appreciate their loyalty and their uh, fervor for their team. But how can you defend that? I know. Utah Jazz fans, please let us know how you'd like to defend that. What an abomination. I, I wanted him suspended <laughs> for that bullshit. Send him back to France. Cancel his contract. Whoa. You no longer get a Supermax deal. You're done. <laughs> I hate that man. I've, I've never hated someone more immediate. I didn't really give a shit about Gobert. He is what he is. But now I completely despise him. He's never going to earn it back from me. I have lost entire respect for that man. The follow through with Clips and Drew NBA podcast does not support Rudy Gobert. We do I, not. No. <laughs> We're not fans. We do not. We do not. Hey, this is one of our longer pods. I'm sweating, Drew. Yeah, it's uh, warm in it's, here right It's now. warm in here. This is one of our longer pods. But we they, didn't even mention Memphis took it to him. Yeah, we did. We did said we, that. They got game one. Dylan Brooks him, went off. They beat him in game one. Gobert fouled out. I also love that he's getting played off the floor yet again. I, I This is, this is These great. These young bucks are showing that they give zero Fs about any of the vets and any of these teams. They're just coming into play. Ja, Trey, Luca, you freaking name it. They're coming out to play. So you got to start respecting these guys. And Donovan Mitchell needs to play. Donovan that's, Mitchell, well, that's, he was heated. That's the that's the weirdest part about that first game is that he came in the arena ready to go, and they completely disrespected the Grizzlies by saying, you know what, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you sit this one out. We'll see how we do. Kenya Martin brought it on his pod today where George Carl tried to pull that that stuff in Denver and Kenyon basically said I will kick your ass if you don't play me. Like he threatened to fight George Carl. The George Carl stories I've been hearing for a while make him pay, make him look like not the greatest dude yeah. ever, but Kenyon said straight up I was going to kick his ass. So he had to play. Well, and that's just that can't happen. Right. I I mean, I don't know who the Utah Jazz think they are. Do they think they have 17 banners in the Raptors? Right. Facts. Like yo Go win a championship mm-hmm. before you start resting your best player who's been out for a long mm-hmm. time. And wants to play. And it's game one and mm-hmm. you're at home. Like, ooh, yeesh. Well, he'll be playing tomorrow, correct? Uh, I think it's tonight. Even. Tonight. That is one of yeah, tonight's yeah, games. Yeah, he's playing. I, yeah, I can guarantee he'll be out there tonight. I just want to check in. I'm oh. sorry. Last thing before we go. I know we're running long. Who do you think is going to win a championship this year? Who, who do you have in the finals? Based on everything we've seen. Are you really going to ask me this question when I'm in, at my lowest right yeah. now? No. Don't ask you, me that okay. question. Do you want to know who I think it is? I'd like to know. I think it's Philly be, Lakers. Yeah, that's what I. Well, you've been saying that for a minute. Uh, it'll be a miracle for both of them to get there because I think Philly's going to have to do their best to get over the Nets. But the Nets are going to be put through the ringer. This is what I wanted to see. They're going to have this very easy first round. But Bucks, then Philly, then whoever's coming out of the West is not going to be a slouch. Uh, if they if the Nets pull it off and get to the finals, and God knows they could definitely beat our Laker team, which is scary because they're just lights out shooters. I got Utah, Miami. Utah, Miami. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm making zero calls right now. I'm too vulnerable, and I'm in my feelings. I need the Clippers to win our game. game. Yes, on Friday. (laughs) Please, can you win the game? I've been saying this for a long time. I'm not going to be able to deal with myself this summer, and I won't want to do this freaking podcast. So if you enjoy this podcast, pray that the Clippers win the game. Check us out on basketballnews.com. we got a whole bunch of stuff over there for you. Follow us. Leave us a review, guys. I know we got a lot of new listeners this week and new followers on our on our Clips and Drew page, but drop us just drop us a line on our reviews. We need some new ones. Let us know you're listening to the show. And uh, we're going to be back next week. So we appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week. So follow through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the